the benefits of LinkedIn definitely outweigh Instagram way more when it comes to lead generation. I'm very specific mm. about this. When it comes to lead generation and having a shorter sales cycle, it's definitely LinkedIn. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Empower with M. I am your host, Emily Jane Saroff, but you can call me M. I hope you're ready to expand your mindset, raise your vibrations, break through limiting beliefs, and to seriously start owning your power. But before we dive into today's episode, if you haven't already, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss out on any of my episodes. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I sure am ready. So let's get empowered. guys welcome back to the podcast now i am very excited because i have another awesome guest joining me today this month we are just filled with incredible guests coming onto this show today i'm actually joined in by a linkedin and marketing consultant and coach i am so excited to welcome alia katib to the podcast welcome alia how are you i'm great i'm great thank you for hosting me i'm super excited for our conversation today <laughs> Same here. I'm very, very excited. And for all of our listeners, Aaliyah is tuning in all the way from Lebanon. So how amazing is that, that we are able to connect despite being in vastly different countries right now? So Aaliyah, what I'll get you to do is just kick this off by giving a bit of an introduction to yourself and, you know, what it is you do and the sort of coaching and consulting that you really specialize in. To back up your point, I actually love this online space that we're in. I first started out my business a year and a half ago. I was in Thailand and that's when I started like, okay, now I'm going to work on opening my first digital marketing agency in Thailand. But then I had clients in Canada. I'm like, what is this space? I love it. It's truly an amazing space and uh, we're lucky to be in this industry as well. So I started my business a year and a half ago uh, as a marketing consultant. I was helping a lot of coaches uh, running ads and doing lead generation. And as I developed my skills and I learned more about my clients, I realized lead generation is not enough. comes with it content marketing, uh, some mindset work, helping them with sales. A lot of people get stuck on, all right, we're getting leads, but how do I convert them? I don't want to be too salesy. You know, especially a lot of female entrepreneurs, they hate being salesy. They hate being pushy. There's a lot of mindsets on that. That opened up the space for me to get into coaching and more consultancy as well. And I also, I loved, I stumbled on LinkedIn and I'm like, what is this amazing platform? Nobody's touching, like everybody's creating content. But there's a lot of people that don't sit every day on Instagram consuming content, but they're on LinkedIn and they're you're right in their inbox and they're open for having business networking uh, chats. How do you add value? How do you give advice? So this is where I dive deep into LinkedIn and it's been such an amazing journey. It's such an amazing platform. And this is what I want to teach people. Even if they don't work with me, just by getting on LinkedIn, getting that exposure is more than enough for me just to bring awareness to that platform. So I'm super excited to dive deep into this today with you. Yes, same. I think that, you know, LinkedIn is one area that I really haven't explored yet myself either. So I'm sure I'll have plenty of juicy questions for you. And it's an area that I haven't had anyone really come on the podcast and dive into depth with. So I'm so excited that we aligned and you're here now and can share all, well, you know, some value and insights into how we can start using LinkedIn to benefit our businesses and all of that. So I guess, first and foremost, though, there were two sort of key terms that you brought up in that little intro just then that I would love some clarity on. So for anyone who is maybe listening and doesn't understand what lead generation is and also content marketing, can you please explain these two for us? 
To me, it always starts with lead generation and then content marketing. That's how I started it for my business. And that's what the route that I would advise people because creating content without really understanding your clients, their needs, having your first couple of clients, what is it that they actually need? How do you handle those objections? And for you to get objections, you need to get on sales calls. And for you to know what they really need, you need to get in front of them, right? So that's why I believe lead generation comes first before creating content. And, I, and sadly, I see a lot of people in the space just hopping on Instagram. That's what they want to do. I want to create Canva. Let me just launch my page and start creating content. And I think this is what I want to help people with. But they're so afraid to get in front of their ideal clients. We always move around the actual goal that we need to do. It's like procrastination because mm-hmm. it's easier to create content behind the screen than actually get in front of people and get rejected. We start off with lead generation. Lead generation is basically understanding how to get inquiries and sales for your business, which is basically getting in front of your ideal clients, whether it's finding them in Facebook group, on Instagram, on LinkedIn. These are the main three for now. So lead generation comes first where you start connecting with people, whether it's in Facebook groups where they're posting, okay, I have a problem with taking care of my baby. How do I handle that? So if you're a parenting coach and you jump right there and you're giving them advice, now your goal is to have that private conversation with that lead and seeing how you can help them and getting on those free discovery and consultation calls. So lead generation is how you start getting inquiries and getting in front of your ideal clients so you can learn from that, so you can get better at sales. Everybody's afraid of getting on Mm. sales. I used to do 50 to 60 calls a month. That's how I learned how to get better at sales call. But when I ask clients, are you getting on sales call? They're like, no, one, two a month. How are you going to learn? How are you going to create content to handle objections? So that's the, those definitions. I hope that was clear. <laughs> yeah, super clear. And, and I think what became really obvious as well is that obviously number one is lead generations and then it's content marketing. And I guess the reason for this is you want to generate those leads so you can learn how you can cater your content to that audience, right? To your ideal client, to your target audience. If you're not actually speaking to them and understanding what their struggles and challenges are, And then the content you're pumping out is so out of alignment with what they're going through, then of course, you're not going to be able to convert that over into from prospect to client, right? Exactly. Like I always record my sales calls and that that is what I would advise a lot of people because using the content of what they say on those sales calls and those triggers, when they're self-reflecting and self-analyzing their own problems on a call, because you are good at bringing that out, you literally can use all that content and the keywords and lingo in your content. And that creates better converting content. And so we'll definitely dive into the topic of discovery calls more later in this session as well. I know that you have plenty of tips that you'd love to share relating to all of that. But first and foremost, I want you to just kind of dive in a bit more into the topic of LinkedIn for me. So obviously I'm a very Instagram-based within my business. So I haven't expanded into LinkedIn yet. So what are the benefits of actually working on LinkedIn, you know, versus Instagram? Are they the same? Are they different? And why would you recommend people really get on LinkedIn now? Gary V two years ago, actually started telling people start getting on LinkedIn. And this is where all these amazing tools for LinkedIn, a lot of people started jumping on LinkedIn. So if people are into the trends, Gary V is one solution, but that was not why I jumped on it. There's a couple of reasons. So on LinkedIn, the clients that are on there, they're all business professionals. So they're not just moms that are not doing anything and they just want to pick up free advice like Facebook group. Everybody on there is a professional. So when you're connecting with people on there, there are people that it says on average, they make a minimum of $75,000 per year. So that means they're also high ticket. So they're professionals, they're high ticket clients, 
And the sales cycle on LinkedIn is much faster than on Instagram, for example, or on YouTube. Because on LinkedIn, if you have the right strategy in place, which we'll dive deep into in a bit, and you're connecting with these ideal clients who are professionals, and you're getting straight into the topic about work because people, it's a networking platform. It's not a social media platform. LinkedIn is a networking platform. So anybody that's connecting on there knows that there's going to be a business opportunities or someone is going to sell them something. But our role as marketeers and business professionals is to have some selling as an art. So we don't want to be straight selling and cold pitching like those ugly messages that we used to get on LinkedIn, those cold pitches. So we're not doing that. So that's what I teach my clients. There's an art to selling. While on Instagram, it's getting somebody to follow you. He did not say, okay, I'm interested in your topic. Maybe a bit. But getting someone to connect with you and accept your connection there, literally that client, that lead pre-qualified himself. He's like, all right, Aliyah is a LinkedIn and marketing coach. And she's connecting with me. I'm a career coach. So I'm interested in what she might have to say. I have the right to accept to connect with her. While on Instagram, it's like, okay, follow for follow, right? That's the sadly, that's what it became. I'll follow you. You can follow me. Somehow I'm going to sell what you're going to sell to me, something like that. And on LinkedIn, the beauty of that, the search engine of LinkedIn is amazing. I always like to compare it to Instagram because that's the reference a lot of people have. So on Instagram, if you want to find a career coach, you have to go like hashtag career coach. And then there's like 1 million, 3 million posts, all right? You don't know where they are, if they're ideal client, if they just started their business. Maybe it's a marketing coach using that hashtag, right? You can dive deep a bit on hashtag and write career coach Melbourne. All right. But it's also the same concept. It could be somebody else using that hashtag. You have no idea about the details of that. You know, you can get stuck in the Instagram loop, right? It's like a zombie and it's always sucking you in. While on LinkedIn, I can literally go to the search engine. I can find a career coach in Melbourne that started her business a year ago and she's self-employed. And I can mm-hmm. connect with all those people. And then I can add Melbourne and Sydney. And, or I can add it by geolocation. It's so specific. In Melbourne and Sydney, you could find people that are uh, two streets behind you. That's how cool it is. The benefits of LinkedIn definitely outweigh Instagram way more when it comes to lead generation. I'm very specific mm. about this. When it comes to lead generation and having a shorter sales cycle, it's definitely LinkedIn. For example, Facebook. I'm sure, Emily, tell me if, if you've ever dived deep into Facebook groups. Have you ever I've, used that for again? I've tried. So I've started, I've got my own Facebook communities building. My time mostly gets invested into Instagram. So I'm not giving it as much TLC as I should be. Uh, for your own Facebook group, yeah, you might want to give that TLC. But when you're trying to find your first clients, a lot of people and a lot of coaches Tell them, go on Facebook. There's a lot of people that are looking for your advice and for your solution. But it's such an intense world down there. Like, it's just so chaotic. And people are there just, they want free stuff and freebies, right? Because a lot of them, some, you don't know if they're working. Some are just starting out and just want free advice and free templates and all that. Well, on LinkedIn, if somebody's actually taking the time to update their profile and update that their business is on there, that means LinkedIn might be their platform. Mm. And you're having a serious conversation with them and you're not like showing them pictures of your dog or what you ate for dinner, but it's actually about, hey, what are your top three challenges? Maybe I can share some free advice and then Mm -hmm. you can start that conversation. This is why LinkedIn for me is honestly the best. 
Yeah. So it sounds like there's a big difference in the quality of lead that you'll find on LinkedIn versus someone in a Facebook group or on an Instagram account. And that, again, that difference in the quality is there's a higher quality of prospect on LinkedIn, you know, higher ticket market. So my question for you then is if there is this higher ticket market over on LinkedIn, but you are only fresh to getting yourself on LinkedIn and your profile right now isn't fully, you know, you don't look as high ticket and established as these other people. How do you actually go about building your profile so it appeals more to this audience so then you can actually be approaching those higher ticket leads (laughs) as prospects of your own? Thank you for asking that question. The, The first homework I always give my clients or anybody actually like that follows my content is optimizing your LinkedIn profile. So a lot of people, they're so obsessed, like two, three months of working on my website. I never sent anybody to my website. Here's my LinkedIn. That's it. LinkedIn was my front end. LinkedIn is my storefront. My headline, my image, my banner is my window display. So the first step is optimizing your LinkedIn profile. It's literally your sales funnel, your one-page website, and you don't need to do any coding. LinkedIn gives you all the features that you just need to fill it out. And a lot of people I know don't even update their LinkedIn banner. They have that standard uh, LinkedIn banner. So the first thing you do is update the LinkedIn profile by starting off with your LinkedIn banner, which should include your branding, your value proposition, your tagline, and who you serve. That should be catching people's attention. And now it's a bit hard on a podcast, but that first section on when you hop on somebody's LinkedIn profile, that first section where LinkedIn stops, which is the profile, the headline, the banner, this is your elevator pitch. This is where you grab somebody's attention in 15 seconds. And if they're interested in that, then they get to scroll down. So a lot of people write in their headline, other than they don't update their banner, a lot of people just leave that headline empty, which is like founder or business coach. But that space, LinkedIn gives you 120 characters to use it. So you should use it. So I always like to use the I help statements in it or a statement where it says, this is what I do, who I help and how I help them and how I'm different. So there's a lot of different unique value proposition statements or I help statements. The more niche you are so that when somebody's reading it, she's like, wow, she's a career coach for engineers, background in GE, and she helps engineers improve their careers in the next five years. So if I'm an engineer and she connected with me, I'm like, okay, she speaks my language. She helps me. Then I get to scroll down. And then in the whole LinkedIn profile, they allow you to add the featured section, which is highlighting literally your content, your freebie, the call to action. That's so important, adding your call to action, all your achievements, all the certification you got as a coach or a service provider, all the testimonials, All the testimonials you have as videos and content from Instagram, they can all be highlighted there. Everyone should get everything about working with Emily in that one-page website. You don't need to have this beautiful website. You just literally need to fill your LinkedIn profile. Come on, how easy is that, Mm. Emily? Like, (laughs) I love that. I really love that you actually brought up the fact that you don't need a website. You can simply use LinkedIn as a one-page website for yourself because I feel like so many people, especially when the just starting out with their business, they put so much pressure on themselves to build a website, spend the money, spend the time and the hours on developing it when there are so many other ways to go about that. So yeah, having a one-page website and clearly laying out with your elevator pitch and any important details of who you are onto your LinkedIn is enough to really start out. And 
I guess from that, what I want to ask you then is if that's the aspect of setting up your accounts, then you can be appealing to clients. Well, how do you actually go about attracting your dream clients through LinkedIn in the sense of, well, number one, how do you find prospects? And number two, how can prospects find you? The second question might be a bit tricky, but we'll we'll get into that. So let me tell you my process and how I think. I always use LinkedIn as for lead generation and Instagram for content marketing. Definitely, I take the content on Instagram and I use it on LinkedIn. And by the way, only 1% of people on LinkedIn actually create content. So that means the organic reach and the growth is exponential. It's amazing. So after we optimize our LinkedIn profile, LinkedIn has two search engines. There's the free one and there's the paid version, which is around $70 or $80 per month. But they give you 30 days for free. So definitely look into that. So the free one, for example, you could look for a career coach who's second to third connection. So they're not your connection, second to third connection in the geographies you want, who maybe went to certain schools that you might know, or they're in certain industries that you're interested in. So maybe their background was for a career coach, their industry should be professional and training development that, I, that exists on LinkedIn. So then LinkedIn will give you that full list. And now your role is to connect with them, but send them a personalized message. Don't just send them a connection request. You need to send them a tailored one. Like, hello, Emily, I'd love to connect with you. I'm growing my network of career coaches, for example. Sending them a tailored message on LinkedIn will increase your chances of them accepting you. Now, when this lead goes onto your profile that's been now optimized and looks beautiful and straight to the point and is speaking to them, they're opting in saying, okay, I'm going to accept connecting with Emily. So now your role is to get in a DM literally and have a conversation. It's like meeting somebody at a bar, you know, like, hey, thanks for connecting. You could go to their LinkedIn profile, build rapport from there. Hey, you might have a common friend or maybe he lives in a city next to you. If you're looking for people within your geography, which is ideal for me to start off with. And from there, you can either do market research with them just to get the ball started, right? It's like these little incentive just to have him conversate without being salesy. So if you do this 20 to 30 people a day for the next 30 days, you're going to get at least on five or to 10 discovery calls where they're free, free consultation. People filled out some market research. And from there, you can hone in on who do you actually serve? What is it that they actually need? Am I the right fit for them? And it will help you to not be afraid of rejection. Like these people are just people. The person on the other side of LinkedIn is not a scary CEO founder of a Fortune 500 company. They're like you. They started their business a year ago. So that's the free version of LinkedIn. While Sales Navigator is the paid one. That one is the best search engine, I think, out there. This one is so detailed. You could find someone who's self-employed with one to 10 employees in multiple industries that's either had five to 10 years of experience or one year of starting their business. So that's very important. For B2B, it's very important. So let's say you want to sell a product to a B2B business. You can find, for example, the operations manager in that company who has a couple of years experience in several industries. You can find them by first name. The only thing that you can't find on, on Sales Navigator is age and gender. Well, on Facebook, you can, but on LinkedIn, that doesn't matter because you are looking for professionals who are decision makers and influencers. And that's why they're high ticket. And that's why the sales cycle is shorter. 
does that it's a long answer does that answer the first part <laughs> yes definitely I love that it was a long answer because it went so in depth and I know that's going to be so much more beneficial you know for everyone who is wanting to jump over onto LinkedIn so two things that I want to highlight that you mentioned is that LinkedIn is lead generation and Instagram is content marketing and really really keep that in mind when you are using the two platforms so what my question for you based off all of that is what's the sort of I guess, process or length that you've sort of noticed it takes to go from having a DM conversation with someone to converting them into a client when it comes to LinkedIn? Back on your point, you can definitely use LinkedIn for content marketing, but the Instagram features are just so much sexier and nicer. On LinkedIn, it's a bit pale and LinkedIn is literally just taking all the features of Instagram, but definitely repurpose your content on Instagram through LinkedIn but just LinkedIn, Instagram is just a better platform to be creating that content. I always repurpose it on LinkedIn for sure. The cycle is shorter, you know, because you need to have several ways of approaching a lead, whether it's a market research call or a free consultation call because you're trying to learn more about them. So it's like a coffee date. So it depends on your business and your industry and your lead. So that's important. But when they accept the connecting with you, because you can't send a message to someone that you're not connected with, right? In Instagram, you go, you can. That's why we always get those horrible spammy messages. They end up in a request inbox. But on, on LinkedIn, you can't do that. You can't send a message to anybody without them accepting. He or she is giving you the leeway to have a conversation. That's why the sales cycle is a bit shorter. So if, it depends on the different approaches you have. It's, very, it's a bit harder question for me to answer. But you will definitely get on a call with them. Because of the different services you might offer, you might offer a free consultation or asking them to fill a market research form. And in return, you're going to give them an incentive, which would be, for example, free advice. So if they go and they apply your free advice, they're going to come back to you and they're like, oh, my God, Emily, that was so amazing. Can we discuss this or dig deeper into a conversation and engaging? If you keep engaging with your leads, asking them to vote or commenting on their posts, you're going to keep staying top of mind. You're going to be staying in their top notification because LinkedIn shows you notification on every little thing. So when you're staying on top of mind, when he wants to hire a career coach, he already knows who he's going to go to. And at some point, after at least two to three, four touch points, you can at least get them on your freebie list and then your email nurture sequence to take them there. Or you can even pitch to them, but at least have a couple of conversations. While on Instagram, I find it, it takes longer time. But yeah. it's okay because I'm building my business and, and I like it. If people want to come buy something from you, your profiles should be optimized where it's a funnel, right? Here's my mm. call to action. Get into my feed, get into my email. If not, apply here, right? But then our job is to engage, 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 engage so that we're always top mind. I just know the short cycle based on research that is short yeah. and based on my own experience for sure. No, that's amazing insight. Really doing your lead generation having your DM conversation where you're developing a genuine relationship, which you spoke about just earlier on, giving some sort of incentive, free advice, different sort of funnel to freebies, all of that, and then getting onto the discovery call. Once you've actually, you know, given the time and energy to actually seeing if, first of all, they are going to be a quality lead for you and, and that you will be a good fit for them. And you've also provided them some value already. So once you get onto the discovery call, then I know that you have some incredible tips to share about how to book more discovery calls. So 
first of all, for anyone who isn't familiar with what a discovery call is, it's really where you sit down with a potential prospect and you talk about the different sort of struggles and challenges, you know, that they're going through and seeing if you are able to help them find a solution to what it is they're looking for. Aaliyah, when it comes to booking more discovery calls, what sort of tips do you have for us today? People love anything free. So that's the first tip for me. It's either you want to offer them something, so it's an incentive. And to me, honestly, backing up what you were saying, you also want to know if they're a good fit for you. Like sometimes when you're having a conversation and you see that the lead is dry or a bit cocky, I end the conversation. I'm like, I don't even want to get on a combo with you. Or even if you get hop on a discovery call with them, if you see that they're being hesitant, there's space, and if you're saying things and they're not agreeing with them, you know that that's not a good fit. For me, I used to offer free strategy session. I used to give so much away on those calls and people used to love them. I, like I would see them literally writing down notes, 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 notes on days, but then at the end they wouldn't buy from me. You know, I, I was still starting out. But those sales calls, those free strategy sessions were so important for me because I learned so much from them. I recorded all my calls and I took all the challenges, found the common grounds and the patterns. And a lot of people, but you know, like a lot of people in their content marketing, they're hesitant to give it away. They're like, why, why would then they would buy from me? So that's why they're also hesitant to get in those free discovery calls or free consultation calls. Well, you should be doing that. How are you going to know what you believe you can offer is actually aligned with what they actually want? That even getting on a call with them, right? Offering somebody either a free consultation call or a free strategy session. If you're getting on a conversation with them and they give you a challenge, you're like, why don't we get a speed coffee where I can share some inputs? So that's important. Getting them to do your market research and offering them an incentive, which is a free consultation call to dig deep into a specific uh, aspect. That's good because just offering free consultation to, without a specific thing, that doesn't end up converting. But if you take the time to actually ask them the questions in the DM, you could then give them, hey, I'd love to get on a quick 15-minute call because I think I can share my input on this specific challenge that you just gave me? Are you open to that conversation? They might tell you yes or no. And follow-up is key. A lot of people don't have a lead tracking Excel sheet. Like, why? If they tell you follow-up with me or I'm busy now, let's have it in a couple of weeks, Have a, they're giving you leeway and permission to get on a call with them. Have that conversation. Don't be afraid to get on those discovery calls. Those are my tips for getting on discovery calls, just offering them something for free. Don't just, don't just send them your freebie. This is the most intimate way of us to get to know each other through a Zoom call. They want to see if your personalities are aligned and vice versa for you. If you could tell if these guys are coachable or not, and if they're not coachable from, a, from the first session or discovery call, you wouldn't even want to buy from them. I had clients that I'm like, these are not my ideal clients. Their attitude is shit, but they kept begging to work with me. I'm like, listen, I'm overbooked. Because I could tell from their attitude on the Zoom call, this is the most intimate way of getting to know someone. So mm -hmm. don't be hesitant to get on discovery calls. They help you more than they help the, the actual leads. I hope that makes sense. I completely <laughs> agree with that. And it's the discovery calls are such a powerful way to really see if you and that prospect do connect and, and you both need to mutually connect. If just they're connecting with you, but you don't feel like you actually mesh together, then you can't serve them, right? You're not going to be able to deliver exactly. that to them as a coach. And so it's really just paying attention to that conversation, first of all, in the DMs. And then if you are on the discovery call, also paying attention there. 
And I love how you really shone light on the importance of providing value. I think so many people are like, no, if I provide value, then they're not going to want to buy from me. But the thing is, there's always an extra level of help that's needed. And there's a, a lot of the time, there's people that struggle with applying the information that you provide them with anyway. They need that added level of guidance and support. And then that's when you're going to come into play. I guess my question for you, though, is you did mention that you do, you used to do strategy sessions and then discovery calls. So why is it that you really made the switch from doing the strategy session? And what's the difference between the strategy session and the discovery call? Before it was the strategy uh, sessions were what was the incentive I gave for my clients. So like they're hopping on with a marketing consultant who's going to give them strategy, actual strategy to apply in their business. So I would learn from that. But then I would see that they went away to take everything that we discussed and to apply it themselves. And I was pushing for that because I was in a part of this intensive mastermind where it's like, you need to do 50 to 60 calls a month. So it was a bit intense. After that, all right, it, it was a great experience. I learned a lot. But then I was sick of doing all these calls and converting 10 to 15% of them and them taking so much of my content and for me to repeat that content. So what I ended up doing, which is why I believe it should be lead generation and content, is take everything that I learned from those free strategy sessions and turn them into content so I don't keep repeating myself and to handle my objections through my content. So when somebody wants to talk with me or get on a call with me, I send them links. Even if somebody wants to book a discovery call with me, which I'll go into next, I always make sure that before you get on the call with me, go over all these tips and testimonials and review and handling objections so I don't need to handle objections on the call. So then as I was developing and optimizing my business, now I wanted people to apply because I had strong content that was converting. I wanted them to apply, fill out a form where they pre-qualify themselves so we don't need to do all that on a call. I can learn more about their business. I want them to sit there and fill out their challenges and goals and all of that. So they're self-analyzing and self-confessing instead of me pulling it out on the call. And then they get to apply to a discovery call after filling it out and after seeing my rates and after seeing how they get to work with me and what I expect from them. Because I was growing my business and it became a different, I shifted roles. Before I was, I needed to get in front of them. But as my business group and I had testimonials, roles have switched so the discovery Mm. call was for both of us just to make sure okay I love your goals and challenges I can help you let's get on a call are you ready to work with me and then I end up converting 100% of my discovery calls because they Mm. took the time to do all of that so I went from 10% to 100% which is awesome but but it's because I got on a call with my I wasn't afraid of rejection I wasn't afraid of getting on a call with them I learned a lot from them. I recorded my calls. I followed up. So that's key. If you just stick to those, honestly, you'll be in a much better place in 30 days or 40 days. Yeah. I love that. That is just some incredible value that you have shared there with us today. Obviously, it goes through the process of filling out that form, then getting on the call. So then you're not wasting the time in the call, extracting that information. So then once you're actually on the discovery call, this is probably going to be the last sort of question that I have for you. Once you're actually on that discovery call, what are some do's and don'ts that you should be paying attention to in this call? And and how do you actually go about approaching the sort of sales pitch at the end if you think that a client has really qualified to work with you? So for this one, I'm going to answer it because for me, my discovery call, I'm going to start calling it 
it's going to be a complementary call or I forgot what it's called. It's just to make sure we're aligned. But a lot of other coaches, when they first started their business, they do the discovery call, right, to see if we're aligned. I always have a sales script with me. Like I have it like whenever I'm with the lead, I have a sales script just so I can have a conversation that flows, right? I don't want to just like hop in and write, hey, tell me what are your top three goals or I always use a script just so I can, so I don't stutter because sometimes leads can just blow you off your track, say something horrible or completely off track and you're like, okay, you lost track of what you were saying and you start going inward. So having just a framework, not a cookie cutter sales script, just a framework on type of questions to ask them as you go along the journey. One to me is mindset. When you're getting on the call, it's okay to get rejected. There is 5 million Emily's out there or career coaches that need your help. So if he rejected you, he didn't reject you. He just, he's missing out the transformation that you're going to help him. And that's why I always have backup calls. That's why I used to have 50 to 60 a month. It might seem overwhelming to people. Don't do that. I'm a marketing consultant. It was my role to do that. But for you, you don't need to do that. But you need to make sure not to put all your eggs in one basket. If you're getting on one call, somebody booked a discovery call with you, make sure you ba- have backup calls so that you don't have all your hopes in one. Coming into the call with the mindset and confidence that people deserve you, people need your services, people actually have their struggles, and there's other people out there that even if this lead doesn't bite, other clients will probably need you. So that's so important. So going in with confidence is important. Then I have my tool. I have my sales script in front of me so that I'm aligned, I know what I'm asking. And then it's funny, but it's just having a conversation. First, building rapport. It's like hopping on with a call. Oh yeah, you're from this area. Okay, I have a friend in that area, building report. How did you start your business, et cetera? Okay, so I see that you answered this question in our conversation. I'd love for you to elaborate more. Literally, like you don't want to be robotic. You just want to have a flowing conversation. The most important thing, what I've learned, you want them actually, is they have to be speaking 70% of the time and you 30%. So that's important. So you should never be cutting your sales, your interviews or your calls, your leads. They need to be speaking most of the time. And getting them to self-confess and self-realize on their own is much more impactful and converts better than you telling them that they have these problems that you can help them with. So that's also important. Mm so important because if I used to tell them yeah yeah I can help you with this 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 but I needed to wait for them to tell me yeah I've struggled with this I paid so much money on Facebook ads and I got nothing so for me I need to take that question and build on that and not tell them yeah I know a lot of people have that mistake and make them feel bad no I take that question and say like I understand how you feel so tell me more what did you try how was it you know etc And throughout the call, just giving them those quick wins, getting those quick yeses, getting them to self-confess so that at the end, they have told you all their problems and everything bad they tried. So in the end, when you're coming to tell them, I love that you shared this with me. I've been there or my clients have been there. This is how I help them. I'd love to help you. Can I dig deep into how I can help you? When they say yes, then it's not you persuading them or selling. Then it's you just telling them exactly what you do and how you help them. So you just mm-hmm. feel more comfortable. So a lot of people hate going on sales call. I see them. When you think about it in that, it's just a conversation with some coffee. And they need you. That's why they're on a call with you, <laughs> right? Exactly that. I remember when I very first started my business, 
and I was hopping on enrollment calls and discovery calls. At first, I was like very nervous about it. And then I realized that there's not actually anything to be scared about because you're just having a genuine conversation to see if you guys are going to be a good fit. And I love these points that you shared. I'm going to re-highlight those top four points you said, which is number one, getting your mindset right. So being okay with rejection and carrying yourself with confidence because at the end of the day that is so important right all your prospects want to see is that you have confidence in yourself to be able to help them so really making sure that you can deliver with that having a tool to really help guide you you know a sales script sort of a flow that you can work through whether it be prompt questions or whatever it is you are in need of in order to make sure that call is going on track and then the third thing is building rapport really connecting with your prospect and making sure that you guys are going to be a good match for each other. And then the fourth standout point was that 70-30 split, making sure that the prospect is leading the conversation and you are more so listening and observing what it is they're telling you. So honestly, Aaliyah, you are incredible. Thank you so much for all of this value that you've shared today. And what I'd love for you to do now is just share with our listeners, you know, what specific service can you provide them? Because clearly you're an expert at what it is you do. And I have plenty of business people within the online space who listen to this podcast. So if they feel like they've connected with you and would love to dive in with working with you, how can you serve them? I've been focusing a lot now on marketing, coaching, and consultancy. The thing is, before I used to help my clients with lead gen and everything, but like I told you, in creating content and sales and lead generation, a lot of mindset is involved. So I'm now working with clients on 12 weeks, like I'm doing one-on-one where I can help them with LinkedIn, Instagram, and beyond. So we do coaching and a lot of consultancy. So I actually do coaching, but I also provide a lot of consultancy. So that's a bit different. We can either work on LinkedIn, uh, just purely on LinkedIn. It all depends on where ideal clients are or Instagram and LinkedIn at the same time. So we could do one-on-one for 12 weeks or I'm launching actually next week a paid strategy sessions where uh, we could just hop on a call. We solve one or two challenges and you go away within 90 minutes with a plan packed uh, with one week support or two week support. So you can get rolling if coaching for 12 weeks is not something that you might be looking into for now. Mm, so, yeah. I love that. I love that. And I know that I will definitely be, you know, diving into LinkedIn myself. And as I come up with struggles, I will be sure to message you for one of those strategy sessions. So thank you, Aaliyah, for your time today. And this morning for you tonight, for me, it has honestly been <laughs> such an incredible conversation. You've shared so much value with us and I will put all of your links to your socials into the show notes. But just for anyone listening, where can they find you on Instagram or Facebook? What's your names? It's uh, Digital Marketing with Aliyah on Instagram and just Aliyah Khatib on LinkedIn. And I also have a free guide for anybody that wants to just get started on LinkedIn, literally telling you, like, I give so much away with it. It's just the easiest way to get started on LinkedIn. So I'll I'll email you the link in case you wanted, Emily, to get started on LinkedIn. <laughs> I'll put that in the show notes and I will also be yeah. taking advantage of that myself. So thanks Perfect. again, Aliyah. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me and enjoy the rest of your evening as well. So that's a wrap on today's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast or know somebody who needs to hear this, then send this to them and share it to your stories, tagging me at empower.with.m.podcast. If you want more from the podcast, make sure you jump on over to the Empower community on Facebook. I have popped the link in the show notes of this episode, so I can't wait for you to join me there. But that's all for me for now, fam. It's time I love you and leave you. So until we hang again, 
remember you can break through any limiting mindset, any limiting belief, and you can rise above any challenge and step up and truly be empowered.